0: Did you know that there's a concept that Hashem, God, is still projecting his messaging to mankind, but that he does so today through us? This is Rabbi Yitzchak Price with another episode of Tahles Talks, growth oriented, partially related Torah podcasts. We are up to the Torah portion of Eschanan, and I came across a fascinating idea related to a concept in the Parsha, really built around one word in the Parsha. That actually first came my way when somebody tapped me on the shoulder as I was trying to put my luggage into an overhead bin on a flight to Israel about 10 years ago. And this anonymous, friendly Jewish guy said, you look like somebody who might appreciate hearing an interesting Torah thought, and he went on to share the following. I subsequently found this idea is attributed to the Shla, the Shnei Luchos HaBris, a very significant blend of halachic, philosophical, Kabbalistic writings, and it's quoted in the Shari Yaron on this week's Torah portion. What's the topic? What's the issue? At the Sinai experience, after God shares the Ten Commandments with us, the text describes that there was a kol gadol, a loud sound, velo yasaf, and that that sound did not yasaf. Now what is that word yasaf? It didn't do what? Interestingly, we find that whenever the Torah uses this verb, we have elements of debate to the opposite extremes as to what's being described. Two other examples. Earlier on in the Torah, we have the story of Yehuda, who, is, uh, who has lived with Tamar, at first he didn't know who she was, but she was a harlot on the side of the road, he impregnates her. Uh, She is being accused of adultery. And at the end of the story, Yehuda determines that he is the father of the child that she is bearing, actually ultimately twins that she is bearing. And after the trial, the text describes that lo yasaf, lo lo yasaf la uh, la da'as, he he did not something about intimate relationship with Tamar. And the commentary's debate Rashi over there describes the debate. Doesn't mean he did not continue like Lahosif, he did not continue to be intimate with her, or Lil Yasaf did not stop. A term like Asifav, gathering in the harvest and you close up the season. So did he not stop or did he not continue? Very different messaging over there. Similarly, we had the story in the Parsha Baaloscha about uh, 10 weeks ago with Eldad Umedad two individuals who surprisingly received a dose of prophecy, and the text describes that after that, the same verbiage, they did not, Yasaf, did not either continue to prophesize or did not cease from having prophecy, a matter of debate. In this context, that loud sound at Sinai says the Shalah, both messages are true. It did not continue and it did not cease. Says the Shalah, there's a truth that there was no further revelation. The revelation of the Ten Commandments ended with that revelation. And if you think about it, the entire revelation of Torah, there's a finite body called the written Torah and that is capped as whatever it is that God relayed in the combination of that Sinai experience to us, and then what he taught Moshe and Moshe's days on Mount Sinai and his subsequent learning, but within the life of Moshe, that comes to a close. But there's also a message of Lopasak, that it did not cease. How is it that it did not cease? The Sinai experience is clearly over, says the Shalah, all of the prophecy of the later prophets and all of the novel ideas that are taught by the scholars, dor, dor of each generation with its wise men. kolmash talmud mechadash, everything that the student of Torah dis- dis- determines and discovers a novel idea where one is studying Torah, following the proper is using the right parameters, and one comes to an analysis and yields something new. hakol hakol hahu. That is all a function of that coal, that voice emanating at Sinai. The voice that's emanating that stopped to emanate in the grand, vivid way that it was ex- we were experiencing it back at Sinai. But there's a degree to which it never stopped emanating. There's a truth that behind the scenes is a sound that we may not be able to detect or sense. But the rate uh, all of the words of the sages, all of their established rulings and all of their protective fences, all the customs, all emanates back from Sinai. And the, um, he goes on to explain that there is a phrase that we say when we're closing the amida and we've taken our three steps back and we describe our plea to God that he restore temple practice. Right now we're in the Tisha B'Av season focused very much on the loss of the temple and the loss of the atonement that comes with the temple. And we add a phrase over there that restore the temple and give us again a portion in your Torah. Now a quick aside before mentioning what he says over here, Rav Chaim Knievsky raised the issue that it seems to be out of order. We ask God, restore your temple and give us a portion in your Torah, and over there in the temple, we will do your temple service. That's odd. We should have said, restore your temple and over there we will do your service. And then, now that we finished talking about temple and service, now we should discuss Torah. Why is it that we interrupted? Restore your temple and give us a portion in your Torah and... We will there serve you in the temple. Rav Chaim Kenevsky explained that there's an element to which, without the temple, we don't have the capacity for the full mastery of Torah and to grasp the ultimate depths of Torah. And as soon as the temple is rebuilt, even prior to our doing the service in the temple, the very reality of having a temple back in the world as this magnet for God's presence in the world will bring the blessing, will bring that connectivity with God, will bring that clarity, and we will have the greater capacity to have mastery and clarity in Torah. That's a side point, but a very important point. Over here, back to this idea of the Shalah, when we pray, give us a portion in your Torah, give us our portion in your Torah, He describes that the Torah that we discover, the Torah ideas that we glean in our study, and that we recognize something that maybe we didn't read this in the work of an earlier sage, and we came to recognition of a true message. It's your Torah, God. It's part of the emanation of that great blast, that sound from Sinai. We're not creating something that has no connectivity to you. That's not Torah. We're creating something that was expressed in that sound of Sinai, not that was expressed in the finite, measurable text given of Sinai, but the further emanations that God is projecting from Sinai. And when we come across an idea and we reveal and expose a truth in Torah, that is Chelkenu, that's our portion, and it's your Torah, God. So it's Chalkenu and Torahs Hashem. We are the ones who may be gifted with the opportunity to reveal that which is hidden, but we're not creating something that is literally brand new and something that uh, had no roots in Torah itself. This idea that the sinai experience, as much as it's done, is not done. And as much as There's no recognition, nothing vivid, nothing dramatic that has us clearly recognize a furthering of that delivery of Torah to mankind, but there is, behind the scenes, God still there providing that emanation from Sinai and gives us the incredible gift and opportunity to discover further truths in Torah. And when they do, those live on now as part of the expanded knowledge of Torah, they become Chalkeinu in Torah, and become his Torah. And they become messages for ourselves, those with whom we share, and sometimes become expanded, as whether we publish, share it at a Shabbos table, point out to somebody, no, I noticed this idea. Thinking more deeply about this, I came to a profound understanding. It doesn't have to be a shockingly dramatic Um, message, but it could be something a new nuance that has not been perceived before, and that is still that kol gadol, that sound of Sinai being further exposed through our action and our, our study and our depth. This is something to which we can opt in. We can choose to expand our involvement with Torah study, to add qualitatively and quantitatively, starting quantitatively first, if we're currently studying one podcast a week, Add another one. Studying one verse a week, add another one. Make it a paragraph. Make make it a parsha each week. Studying one Mishnah. Every so often, there are so many great opportunities of Mishnah Yomi, of daily Mishnah study. Send me a message at TachlisCoaching at Gmail. Happy to point you in the direction of several great resources, texts, apps. Today, every language, every level of every background is catered to in some form, in little doses of Torah, and we can add one little dose, make it a second little, little dose, make it a larger dose. And in terms of profundity, in terms of thought, in terms of thinking things through, okay, I heard that message. Let me re- review it in my mind later on. Let me tell it over to somebody else That's a great way to remember it and Spread the Torah knowledge and potentially in my sharing it come to a better clarity in that which I thought I actually knew But having to articulate it speak it out makes it all the more likely I'll actually really grasp it and in so doing we become greater students of Torah and greater Exposers of the truth of Torah greater teachers of Torah and conduits for that kol gadol to continue to emanate and push further into the world and of course, in so doing, we all become individuals who become far more likely to achieve our tacklers.